0: Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Brian Baldinger. This is the best football show. I'm Brian Baldinger. I'm your host, Baldy NFL, at Baldy NFL. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter on those. And I'm here. I just got back. It's uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it is October 25th. So we are getting ready for week eight, which starts tomorrow night. And I just spent the morning at the New York Jets doing some podcasts and some breakdowns and just being around the team. And they're coming off uh, a bye week where basically Robert Sala gave them a week off. And, you know, they have a young core of players like Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson had been bothered by like a nagging leg thing. And, you know, a week off, he stayed home and just rehabbed. I mean, they just have some very mature young players in New York, which is their core, Brees Hall, the running back. Um, you look at Zach Wilson, you look at Garrett Wilson, you look at, you know, sauce Gardner. I mean, there's just got a core of really young players, Jermaine Johnson um, that seem to be pretty mature and seem to be pretty serious about football. And they're going to go to what they call jet life stadium this Sunday afternoon to play the New York giants who are coming off their best game of the season period. Um, they beat the Washington Commanders 14-7. It looked worse than that. Uh, they beat up Sam Howell pretty good. They sacked him six times. They roughed him up. Uh, it was a big game for Dexter Lawrence and Big Cat Williams up front. But they they all got after him. And then really with two rookie corners in Deontay Banks, who got his first uh, career interception, and Trey Hawkins, a six-round pick out of Old Dominion, they lined up with rookie corners, and they couldn't beat him. And then on offense – it looked like Brian Dable kind of took over, just the installation, a lot of the game planning, the whole thing. And out of nowhere, with a makeshift offensive line, they had seven explosive offensive plays, including a Terod Taylor, you know, run. And, you know, Darren Waller got his best game of the season. And Jalen Hyatt had two 30-plus-yard catches. Um, you know, they they got a vertical passing game going, and they stretched the field. They scored on some of those. So these two teams, the Jets, are coming off their best win in two years against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, and they, they earned that win. They got four takeaways that day. They ran the ball pretty good. They beat the Eagles. They got after Jalen Hurts pretty good. Um, and, you know, they had beaten Denver the week before. They've won two in a row, and they're trying to make it three in a row. And the Giants are trying to get back in the race. And you, you can only do it one game at a time. So you want to start stacking wins. This is the time to do it. We're going to turn the calendar uh, at the end of this week, you know, into November, and it's time to start stacking wins. If you're serious about playing meaningful games in December. So this game in New York on Sunday has everything written all over, you know, probably Terod Taylor starts. I'm guessing he does. He's, he, he ran a pretty good ship the other day. They got Saquon Barkley going, um, We'll see the health of some of the offensive linemen that have been out. But, you know, the Giants defensively played real well two weeks in a row. And Wink Martindale is a proven defensive coordinator. So, like, I think they played each other in preseason, okay? So eight weeks ago they played in preseason. And I think Wink did certain things in that preseason game. Aaron Rodgers played. Remember, he threw, uh, you know, had a drive and threw a touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson. I think, you know, they wanted to see – Blitz looks and see how the, the, the Jets even reacted in preseason. They were – the Giants have been thinking about this game since August, that, yes, we play him in the middle of the season. Week eight, we, we get the Jets. So I think, you know, Wink Martindale right now with his blitz concepts and they they never stop coming. Like how can we speed up the process and get Garrett Wilson to turn the ball over, something he hasn't done in the last two weeks? So – and he's completed 70% or more of his passes – Three weeks in a row, Kansas City, Denver, and then the Eagles. So he's playing at a much higher level than he had the first half of the season and really at any point during his career. So how can Wink affect that, you know, with some of his chess pieces, blitzes, pressures, overload pressures, um, blitz zeros, like all that stuff that he has at his disposal, you know. And so how does the Jets handle that part? But for the same token, the Jets are getting takeaways this year. Now, they, they want sacks. Sacks numbers are down, honestly. You know, they're not up there where the Baltimore Ravens have 26 sacks, you know, after f- seven games. I mean, they're not there, but they're affecting the quarterback. Bryce Huff has been elite. Um, Jermaine Johnson's been awesome. Quinn Williams is a, is a handful for anybody. They've got a good front, and they rotate these guys through. So how can they affect Tarad? Or if it should happen, you know, if Daniel Jones gets in there, I don't know that yet. I'm not sure the Giants know yet, but I have a feeling it's going to be Tarad Taylor. Um, so how do they, you know, can they get Tarad to throw a couple up, you know, and let you know, some of these defenders for the Jets go get it, you know? And I think that's really what it's going to come down to who who takes care of the football the best in this game. But whoever wins this game has turned their season around. Even if it's just the Giants' third win or if it's the Jets' fourth win and they go four and three, whoever wins this game in New York, their locker room, the players, the coaches, the fans, they're going to feel like they've turned the season around. I know just personally the Jets, you know, after playing Dallas and playing Philly and playing Kansas City, you know, playing Buffalo, like playing the schedule they played, they feel like this is the worst part of their schedule. But the worst thing you can do if you're the Jets, any member of the Jets, Robert Sala, his staff, the players. The worst thing you could do is saying, well, we just got through the tough part of the schedule. Now it's the easy part. Now let goes, You can't do that in this league. You just can't. Anybody can beat anybody. You know, we just saw Baltimore handed to Detroit, you know, that had been playing great football, and they just blasted them in Baltimore. So you you think like that, you're going to get your head handed to you, just plain and simple. So hopefully nobody in the Jets are thinking that way. But I But I really believe, you know, the Gi- Giants got off to a bad start last year turned it around, got to the playoffs. And I feel like Brian Dable has enough coaching acumen that, you know, they played well and lost to Buffalo. Then they went, you know, they, then they played Washington and they just crushed him. So um, to me, this game has so much riding on it for both organizations that, you know, like I said, the Jets called Jet Life Stadium for the Giants. It's a Giants home game. Um, you know, there's gonna be that, all that emotion in the stadium, but you can't worry about that stuff. Like that's just part of the game. But you gotta just think about your team, your job, what you want to do, executing your game plan, and coming out any way possible with a win. And I and I just think whoever does is is going to go a long ways to turning their seasons around. So I'm I'm doing a game for national radio on Sunday. I'm going to be in Seattle, Cleveland, Seattle. I just saw Cleveland last weekend. We just saw Miles Garrett do things that, I don't know, not many people in the history of this game can do, jump over, you know, the Colts offensive line and a field goal and block it. Like, it's almost impossible to do that. But you see all these off-season workouts that Miles does, jump box jumps and all this stuff. It was literally, you know, a 60-inch box jump is what it was. And he blocked that field goal, Denzel Ward recovered it. He forced a fumble in the end zone. They recovered it for a touchdown. I mean, he just changed the game. Like he's a legit candidate for the defensive player of the year right now. And he's taken his act to Seattle. Now, Cleveland's defense played horrible last week. Like all we have to do is turn the, the, the tape on and see Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor run right through them, missed tackles, missed assignments. You see, even with the, the mistakes – that Gardner Minshew made, they still threw the ball very well. They they have racked up 450 yards of offense, and they've scored 38 points. Like, that's not the Cleveland defense that shut out or shut down San Francisco the week before. So that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, look, honestly, I don't know what's going on at quarterback in Cleveland. We saw uh, Deshaun Watson start. He was horrible. He threw two terrible interceptions. The second one, across his body, going to his left, and you just go, is the shoulder really bad? Because he got nothing on the ball. It just died. Like he he got like I see Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. I see these quarterbacks make that throw and it's no big deal. I mean, they just wing it. That, that, that ball did not come out hot. So is is is, is PJ Walker the quarterback? So they, they got to figure that out in Cleveland because they're they're and and they lost their starting running back. So they've lost Chubb. Then they just lost Jerome Ford. And Jerome Ford has been really good for him. So Pierre Strong, you know, I mean, next man up, that mentality. But, you know, they're losing key players on that side of the ball. Quarterback, running back. Okay. Seattle. Seattle's so much fun to watch. They just – because one thing about Pete Carroll, and if you don't love Pete Carroll, then you just don't love football. Because Pete is all about coaching. Like, really, sound coaching. And one of the things that Pete believes in, And he's always thought this way, even when he was a head coach at USC. Like, he wasn't afraid to to play freshmen at USC. And he's not afraid to play rookies in Salem. Now, sometimes you got to play because of injuries. So, if you look at uh, Oluatini at center last week, um, you know, the rookie right guard at LSU, they were awesome inside. They played two rookie wide receivers. Jake Bobo, you know, played at Duke and at UCLA, undrafted, free agent, caught a touchdown pass last week. I mean, elite route runner. I don't know what he runs in a forty. Maybe you need a sundial to time him. It doesn't matter. Guy gets open, caught a touchdown pass in the end zone, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba caught his first touchdown pass, and they had Tyler Lockett. And even without DK Metcalf, they played pretty well. But defensively, number twenty-one is the rookie out of Illinois, the first quarterback taken, Devin Witherspoon. I have not seen a cornerback play football like that since Ronnie Lott played cornerback. I have not seen a player delight in literally hitting and attacking the ball or the man with the ball like Devin Witherspoon. I just haven't seen it at that position yet. He still has elite ball skills and he has the ability to cover. But when it comes to hitting, I mean, he ran from one side of the field and flattened Kenneth Walker on the other side of the field and sent him flying into the bench on a dead run. Didn't slow down. I mean, that guy is fierce. And if they're talking about creating a new Legion of Boom with, you know, Quandre Diggs, who's a good hitter, Jamal Adams, um, you know, Tariq Woolen. I don't, you know, I don't see Cam Chancellor there. I'm not Earl Thomas, but they have a chance to be really good in the back end. And, you know, so it's going to be a good game. Like defensively, they're pretty good. They held Arizona to 10 points last week. They got young players, Boye Mafé, you know, David Taylor. They've got good young players you know, coming off the edge. I like them. I like Seattle. I, like, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be a, a problem in the NFC West. Um, you know, I know they've lost a couple, but they're just a well-coached team. They've got not afraid to play Zach Charbonnet, not afraid to, you know, to, to play rookie centers or guards or receivers, you know, or corners. They're all over the place, but they've had two great drafts in a row. They got Charles Cross back. He's trying to get him back himself back into shape. You should get better at left tackle. This game is going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then just quickly here, um, Cincinnati coming off a bye week and let's face it, Joe Burrow. I mean, if he's not hundred percent, he's as close to hundred percent as he's going to get. And it was three weeks ago around this time, like Wednesday, about three weeks ago, um, Jamar Chase said this, I'm open. I'm always bleeping open. And he's, tearing the league apart right now and nobody has an answer for him. And Joe Burrow. So San Francisco, who should be reeling quite a bit. I mean, they did, you know, on Monday night, Kirk Cousins dropped back 45 times. He wasn't sacked once. He was barely touched, basically did what he wanted to do. Um, And the 49ers looked, they did not look dominant at all. And they looked like that for the first five weeks of the season. So they lost their mojo. And they gotta they're gonna see Cincinnati coming in a week off. Cincinnati is loaded. The quarterback is good, really good. He's great. And the receivers are elite and the defense is talented. The 49ers lose at home after losing in Cleveland and losing in Minnesota. Like, I don't know. I mean, that fan base that travels really well and supports that team, like that's gonna be a team that you just go, are they how are they gonna finish? So that game has all the earmarks of being a marquee game, probably coming down to the the final drive with Brock Purdy and Joe Burrow going at it. You know, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft and the first pick in the draft, two opposite guys on the opposite end of the spectrums. Uh, We'll see, you know, if Debo's ready to go and how healthy Trent Williams is. I mean, look, they're elite players. They weren't in the lineup last week. I get it, but everybody's got to deal with it. Everybody. Got to deal with Justin Jefferson is out in Minnesota. They're finding ways to win games out, Justin Jefferson. So I don't care what the position is, whoever you line up, you got to build your team good enough to overcome the loss of any player. Now, if you get enough of them over the course of a season and they're all injured, I get it. But if you got one or two elite players like San Francisco without Debo or Trent Williams, okay, so what? You know, you got to go win a game. Anyways. Uh, that's uh, that's the best football show. I'm Brian Baldinger. I'm your host. I'll be back here uh, tomorrow, probably with a little prelude to Thursday Night Football and kicking off week eight. Thanks for joining me. Go find us wherever you find your podcast on the free Odyssey app and tell all your friends, even tell some of your enemies about Baldinger's new football show.